0: Welcome back to the Learning to Sit Still podcast. I am so glad you chose to listen today because we have a special guest. She has already been on the show once before, and I am delighted to have her again. Sarah Geringer is an amazing author who has written several wonderful books, including Transforming Your Thought Life, which offers guided meditations and personal examples that will help ground your mind in the truth of God's Word. Today, we are going to be talking about divorce specifically children and divorce. Divorce is a word that often stirs up hurt in both children and adults, even if the divorce has taken place years ago. Sarah, like myself, received the news as a teenager that her parents were getting a divorce. No child likes to hear those words because it means their world is forever changed. Life will never be the same. And often there are emotional scars that will stay with the children well into adulthood. I felt that this was an important topic to discuss as most of us have either been directly affected by divorce or know someone who has. How, as a parent, do you help your children cope with what is happening? How do you recognize some of the hurts that are still plaguing you today as an adult? What can you do to help another person who is going through a divorce? This is some of what Sarah and I will discuss today. So without more delays, here is my conversation with Sarah.
1: Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me again. I am so glad to be here a second time with you. Yes, this is kind of a big deal.
0: I've not had anybody come back. So that means you had a good time on the show. That means that people got something out of it. And so we're having you back for a second round.
1: Very good. I'm so glad to be here
0: with your listeners today. Yes, yeah, so today, um, so you guys really should know Sarah Geringer by now. She's actually been in pretty much every edition of the Sit Still My Daughter magazine. She launched with uh, a piece on meditation in the first one. She did a second piece on meditation that went with a Bible reading plan for winter. And then in the spring edition, I had someone that was going to write for me and they were not able to do it. And I only had a few weeks left and I wanted to be on parenting and some kind of topic. And the Lord brought Sarah to mind and, and we had talked about divorce. We talked about the effects on children and I was like, oh my goodness, Sarah, can you write about children and divorce? And, you know, Sarah had uh, launched a podcast right before that. So I knew she was, had a, a heart for that. And so it was just a great thing and it was just perfect. So, um, I guess kind of, to start us off, would you be willing to maybe share your story from uh, your parents, the, their divorce, and how that affected you? Because the readers who have read in Spring, you know, we talk specifically about what uh, a divorce does to children, because it is not. Sometimes I think we, we don't realize how long-term this can be. It will not just last through their adolescence. It doesn't just last, you know, through this short period. It can be a lifelong effect and it is a very difficult thing. So I think Sarah's wisdom came from the fact that she had walked that path. So maybe if you want to just share a little bit with your, with our, our listeners today and a little bit about your story.
1: Sure. So um, my parents divorced when I was four Uh, My dad remarried just a few months later. Uh, My mom remarried when I was 13. Uh, Then my dad divorced again when I was 22. And then he remarried a few months later. So by the time I was 22, I thought, okay, this time I understand. Like, I'll, I know what this is like. I've had 17 plus years of experience I know what it's going to take to get through this, but actually it took me more than 10 years to adjust. So, uh, and I am also married to another child of divorce with two sets of divorced and remarried parents. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of baggage on both sides of the family. Uh, my, my dad's parents were also divorced. So there's a a couple of generations of uh, divorce in my family and so I've had a lot of heartache, a lot of struggle, um, a lot of issues pop up in my marriage related to the fallout of our parents' uh, divorces. So this has been a topic I've wanted to write and speak about for uh, more than ten years, and uh, I started a podcast about it with the Lord's leading in October of 20, uh, September of 2020, uh, because He told me that it has to be a podcast first before it's anything else. So it has been my privilege to speak on this topic that affects tens of millions uh, of Americans since the no-fault divorce laws went into effect in the 1970s. So there are generations of people who are affected by this, and a lot of them don't even realize that what they're dealing with has roots in the divorce and unprocessed pain and trauma uh, related to that. And I firmly believe that the children are the ones who suffer most. And I, I know a lot of divorced people, I know that they have suffered greatly, but uh, I feel like the pain that the children experience, is, are, it's just unique and it's different. And so I wanted a ministry to people who are children of divorce because there's lots of resources for people who are divorcing. And there are resources for children whose parents are going through a divorce to help the younger children understand what's going on, or maybe even teenagers. But there's hardly anything that exists for us in the decades to follow when we, become, when we marry ourselves, when we become parents, uh, how to deal with our parents now that we're in our 40s or 30s. So uh, that was my heart behind starting this ministry.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I love, I love when you did that because I thought this is a good topic, you know, being also a child of divorce. You know, I worked, and most people know, I worked for a, a nonprofit a, a resource center. So we work with crisis pregnancies. And the one thing you learn very quickly is that people who have had an abortion, often do not make the connection that they're hurting or choices the bad choices they're making now have been influenced by their abortion you know we we get that all the time that there are they live a promiscuous lifestyle they go heavy on drug abuse not realizing that it is connected to their abortion Mm -hmm. and uh, suicidal thoughts all these things stem from that and i think what you said as adults we don't make the connection that some of our pain and our insecurities and our hurts stem from our abortion or our, our you know, our, our past with a divorce. And I think because we just, we don't, we don't connect them because we don't think that they, they would matter that, well, that has nothing to do with this. And we underestimate the power of that trauma of how that really can lead you down such a path. Cause I remember when my father left, I just felt What did I do wrong? What could I have done that was better? Was it my fault? These are things that you carry and you don't even realize that that carries into your adult life. And it's so, I think the thing is it's heartbreaking that sometimes these kids are going around thinking that the problem is with them Mm -hmm. and it's not. Um, So for you, what would you say are some general insecurities that can develop in children who have
1: been through a divorce? So the fear of abandonment is probably the deepest seated fear and it will carry, uh, for decades and decades if it's not dealt with. Um, it, I was only able to overcome it with professional help. I spent five years in Christian counseling and that was essential for uh, my, my overall healing journey. And I recommend that, On just about every podcast episode that I produce. Um, So the fear of abandonment is huge. And it's still, I'm still triggered by it, but I've learned to recognize it and uh, manage it better now that I've gone through therapy for it. Um, Also just uh, how to handle your anger. I think a lot of us have just not learned how to handle our anger well. And there's a ton of anger attached to the divorce, the unfairness of it for us as children, the the confusion about who's at fault, like you were mentioning, uh, so processing that anger, um, and loneliness is probably another one that's enormous. Uh, we have an epidemic of loneliness going on in our culture, and a lot of that is tied to uh, having to raise yourself, quite frankly, as a child of divorce or being switched from home to home, you know, some, some people have, you know, custody agreements where they're switching midweek or every weekend they're with their father and during the week they're with their mother. And that's, it's difficult for children. I think that just from my own experience, um, you know, I hear adults saying all the time, you know, children are resilient, they'll, they'll learn, they'll adapt. And I think that's a lie. I think it's a lie when it comes to divorce. Uh, They don't, they, they're not ever going to get over this. It's something that you have to learn to live with to learn that it doesn't define you, but you've got to wrestle with it with God's help and have in his strength uh, learn to overcome it, but it's always going to be a part of your story. It's never going to leave you. It's, it's like a scar uh, that you carry with you. And I'm not talking a scar from falling out of a tree or falling off your bike. I'm talking about a scar of like heart surgery. You know, it, it changed you as a person. And so it's something that you have to learn to uh, navigate with God's help.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, and I I agree with all that. I kind of want to go back through a couple of things. And I, I, I read once um, in a children's book of all places, but it was talking about a, a scene where someone had been hurt and the author, you know, obviously, cause it's the narrator, they, they made a really good point. They said, sometimes the heart heals crooked. Mm-hmm. And I, I've, I mean, I've never forgotten that. And I think like you said, so you have to picture that I think when we say our children are resilient, you know, I think we mean it but we don't understand, well, they'll, they'll adapt. But how, how did they adapt? Because yes, that heart may heal, but it will heal crooked. If you're not guarded, if you're not watching over it and helping it to heal correctly, because if you, when in this, in this story that I read, had things been handled differently, that person never would have been as hurt. And it, you know, if the forgiveness would have been offered or things would have been talked about. It never would have, his heart would not have healed crooked. That's so mm-hmm. I think that that was a really good point, um, which we'll talk about a little bit later about how parents can really help their kids through this. Cause they need you, they need you in this moment, but you know, on the emotional scar, you know, I think talking about those scars because they're emotional, they're not always visible. And when they're not visible, you don't think about them and you don't deal with them. Because when someone has a scar or a hurt, you, you're you aware of, okay, they've had a, a trauma in the past, they've had something that's there, but the emotional scars, it's buried. And so people sometimes will accidentally hit a trigger and then you, they get a reaction and they get offended, but it's like, you don't understand where that came from. So I think that ties into having compassion for people and just learning to be patient and understand them but I do want to go back to the advantage because I really think that's a big deal you know I remember for myself I had those issues too like for me it manifested in I loved the cell phones when they came out because I could finally call my mom when she was missing for five minutes you know she said she was going to be home at noon you know she had to run some errands and she wasn't home at noon I, I panicked and I think it goes back to that trauma of did she leave me
1: Right.
0: and um, so I kind of would like you to maybe unpack just a little bit in what ways do you think the abandonment manifests itself in in children? And maybe how parents can see, okay, there's a big problem with this.
1: You know, I'm not a child psychologist, but I'm just talking about my own experience and my family and uh, knowing what what I have observed. Uh, I think um, either a child is gonna be too clingy or uh, very hands-off. So, and they're for the same reason. It's because of this need, this like, uh, you know, exposed nerve, right? And so someone's either going to be too trusting and latch onto anything or anyone who's willing to give them attention, or because this exposed nerve is so painful, they're going to bury it and keep everyone at arm's length. So I have been both of those uh, versions um, at different times in my life. And uh, the other children of divorce that I know, I have observed and heard their testimonies about the same kind of thing. It's, it's uh, this, this hunger and this drive for intimacy for a close relationship that's always seems out of reach And so you're either going to throw yourself out there because you're desperate to find it or you're saying it hurts too much to search for it. So I'm not going to pretend it doesn't exist, but maybe it's not for me. So both of these things, uh, you're going to, if you really pay attention, you're going to see this in your child.
0: Mm -hmm. I think those are good points because I I, I agree. I've seen that with other people too and experienced some of that. And you know, uh, just seeing some of these kids that they are, they're just so desperate for love and they'll look for it anywhere. You know, I think that as a parent, if you're not paying attention, your child will end up with the wrong people because they're sent that maybe they'll give me what I, what I need. And you see that a lot. So what would you say though um, to parents, how can they help their children in the midst of that hurting? You know, because maybe after that fresh divorce, what are some things you wish your mom would have done or could have done or would have been beneficial to you?
1: I think affirming your child's feelings rather than dismissing them or correcting them is a really healthy practice. Even if you don't necessarily agree with how your child sees a situation or you wouldn't have those feelings, affirming those feelings is a huge Uh, act of conveying security to your child. And one thing that uh, children of divorce need more than anything is a sense of security, that things are going to be okay. It's never going to be the same as it was, but at least when I'm here, this is a safe haven. And uh, focused attention just focused one-on-one attention. I know how hard this can be as a mother of three. Okay, I I get it. I get this, how difficult and time-consuming this can be. But if you spend one-on-one time with a child, connecting with them in whatever love language that they have, I don't have time to explain that, but just Google the five love languages for children. There's a whole series of books and articles you can read on that. Um, that's how they uniquely receive love and if you connect with them in the way they receive love whether that's the way you do or not they are going to feel love like for example my daughter her love language is gifts i rank lowest on gifts i don't give a i really don't care about receiving gifts myself but that's her primary so you know we go shopping we'll go to dollar general and i'll let her pick out five dollars worth of stuff and she's over the moon happy you know because i'm connecting with her in the way that makes sense to her of how she feels loved now my middle son he's a touch guy you know my daughter doesn't necessarily respond to touch you know but my my middle son you know he'll snuggle up closer to me if we're watching tv together or something you know so it's knowing how your child can you really have to study your child you have to pay attention you can't be so wrapped up and busy in your own life and that's really a huge temptation i think for divorced parents that you want to move on you want to pursue happiness you want to get rid of your your own feelings Uh, you know, that are negative and weighing you down, but your children need you more than ever. And I don't think anyone will look back in five years, 10 years, and regret the time and uh, emotional investment that they spent with their children so that they grew up in a healthier, uh, happier atmosphere than, you know, just repeating those generational sins that's what the bible tells us you know that the sins will be visited upon the third and fourth generation but that's if we don't do anything to stop it so if you really don't want your child to end up divorced like you of course you don't have perfect control over that but you know the people that are the happiest and well adjusted are the ones who are affirmed they know that they're loved they're secure in love they can share their feelings uh, freely without uh, being judged or criticized. And they, they have experienced the kind of love that they need to receive in whatever language they speak. That's what I've observed in my own um, experience. So that's what I believe to be true. And that's where I'm trying to make strides with my own children, um, and again, I just want to stress, I have no control over the choices they make once they leave my home, but I'm trying to minimize the risk of them going away to fill up a void inside of themselves, which I had. I had those wounds. I was, you might've heard the acronym HALT. I was too hungry. I was too angry. I was too lonely. I was too tired. All of those things were related to the burden that I carried after my parents' divorce. So I was willing to find anyone or anything that could fill that hole in. So I'm trying to fill those holes in for my children now so that they aren't hungry, angry, lonely, and tired when they choose their spouse someday. That's, That's really all I can do, but I want to make sure that I'm doing that as well as I can while I have the time and opportunity to do that.
0: Mm -hmm. And I, I love that. And I think almost you want to tap into that, that, you know, ultimately, it's an investment of you into your children. That's really what it boils down to is investing yourself taking notice of them. And I think with, you know, like you said, we cannot control the choices they make. But what you're doing is trying to make sure that there are no potholes in the road they take that you're setting them on a path that is as smooth as you can give them because you're teaching them principles. You're preparing them to make wise choices because the Bible talks about teaching your children, you know, in Deuteronomy, it talks about, you know, um, when you rise up, when you go to bed, when you eat, when you're, whatever you're doing, you're, you're, you're speaking the truth of God's word. You're living it before them. And all of that can be summed up in investment. You are purposely investing in your children because you are giving them the foundation upon which they will make their choices. You do have some realm of influence. And I've met kids, you know, who had parents that really, they really cared about them. They knew they were loved. They knew their parents were proud of them. They knew they were important to their parents. And they had a, less potholes. You know, their parents had worked really hard to set them on that path. And I think, you know, any of us would have, that have had a struggle or a hard pass would have appreciated parents like that to have that investment um, to be affirmed. And I think you're, you're, I mean, exactly, exactly right on that. Now, this is, this is a question I think is interesting because um, what advice would you have for adults who are still struggling with their parents' divorce?
1: Well, I'm just going to piggyback on something I just said. Uh, I've said on my podcast that without exception um, that Every single divorce has selfishness involved. Now we know that at the root of every sin, every sin we commit, selfishness is at the root. It's putting ourselves above God, above other people. So what I think it is a way to overcome, one of the main ways to overcome the pain that we've experienced is to pursue a life of Selflessness of leaning into God, leaning into his strength and his mercy and his grace and his ability to help us forgive his healing power because we're not able to do that on our own we're just not um, that can make us self less people that can that can empower us to put other people before us so if you're if you're a divorced parent, And you have, you know, children you're dealing with. You can decide, I'm not going to pursue my own desires right now. I'm going to do what's best for my children. I'm going to pay it forward for them to have a better future. um, Because I want to eradicate the selfishness, this root of selfishness that's been in generations of my family of just doing what makes me feel good or you know, putting other things ahead of my marriage. Um, I would have to say, I think, possibly the only exception would be if someone's mentally ill. They can't really help that, but I think that's, that's a tiny minority of marriages. I think most marriages, you know, uh, the ones that I have seen um, end in divorce, all were due to infidelity. Or severe trust issues, um, addiction, um, abuse. So, you know, those those are serious problems, but even in those problems, selfishness exists. So if we can deal with the root of selfishness and getting rid of that with God's help, really everything else is going to fall into place. So that's my best. You know, tip. And I mean, I'm on episode 34 now, as of this week that we're recording this. So I just encourage you to go back and listen to some of them because I have tips on all these things of how to care for yourself, how to manage your emotions, how to get help that you need uh, to deal with life so that you can uh, fill your cup up to be able to offer yourself selflessly to others uh instead of wallowing in self-pity and resentment and hopelessness
0: mm-hmm. and i i agree with that like i said i could i could talk with sarah all day it's just such a good conversation and i do think that that's i would almost like to tag on just a, a little bit that i think it's important for you to recognize that you do need help because i think that's another issue where you, where pride comes in and says, well, I'm okay. I don't need this. I'm, but when you finally come to the point where you say, I really could use some help and you open up to somebody, you will be amazed at the change that takes place and that you all of a sudden you'll, you'll begin to feel the walls come down. You'll feel the relief. You'll feel that you can actually begin to heal. I think that's a big step for people. Now, kind of, as we wrap up today, um, what would you say is the best advice you ever received in this area of your life?
1: Some of the best advice that I got was about setting boundaries. Mm -hmm. And before we started this conversation, uh, Sarah, we talked about uh, the book boundaries, which I said has changed my book, my life more than any other book except for the Bible. And one of the reasons I love that book so much is that it's, it's grounded in scripture so i remember reading it and realizing that jesus said no and it was okay and i know he's holy he's without sin and so if he can say no then surely i can as as a sinful person and so god used that book as a powerful tool to show me that i needed to put boundaries i needed to put boundaries on myself on others on my time On how much emotional energy that I'm willing to invest. That's something my, my uh, counselor helped me realize. He's like, you know, you only have so much emotional energy to share. You've got to decide, are you going to worry about this all the time, you know, all day long, all these relationships of all these toxic people that you can't control? Or are you going to, put your energy into being a wife and a mother and a leader at church, you know, those kind of things. And as soon as he said that, I'm like, you know, that sounds illogical. Like who wouldn't choose? But I I think he was showing me, look at what you're siphoning off for this stuff that really can't be fixed. Like these relationships are never going to be the way that you want them to be. So I will help you grieve that process. I think that's what he was saying. But there's hope for you in where you can invest, but you've got to draw boundaries around all those areas. So that was a huge life-changing time for me after I read that book, and it really changed everything. Um, And I'm glad it did. And the only regret I have is that I didn't set boundaries sooner. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And I I think I spoke with somebody else about this
0: once on the podcast, but Lisa Turkhurst said the power of the small no. That statement has stayed with me. It's just, it doesn't, you don't always say no, but learn to say no. And when you read scripture, Jesus stepped away. He wasn't always available. He would step away to pray, to recharge, to be alone. And that's what I call a true self care is when you're making sure that you are in the position and emotionally sound to help others. If You you can't give up of an empty cup. So you must have those boundaries and that ability to say no, a small no. And I love that. Just, you know, it's made it sound better. Not no, it's a small no, just not today. This is a small no today. And I love that. I think that's such a great point and like i said i could just go on on with sarah because this is a great topic and there's just so many other things we could talk about and i'll have her come back because i just love her so much but i know she has things to do and i have things to do unfortunately so we're going to wrap this up here but i think we've really covered a lot of bases because this is a big issue i think more than anything else in the world it's almost like cancer you don't there's nobody in that that lives that doesn't know somebody who's been affected by this Divorce yeah. is a relevant topic anywhere you go. The churches are full of hurting people. And I think even if you personally have not experienced a divorce, share this with somebody else. Share this truth with others to help them, or even yourself, be aware of kids who've gone through a divorce are going through a divorce. Give them some extra love. Give them some extra attention and you know, care for the parents and help in any way you can because a single mom, that is a rough life. It is hard to be a mom in general. But to be a single mom, she has begun to take on two roles. And sometimes these moms are single, not of their own choosing, that their husbands walked out on them. So I would definitely want to encourage people, be kind and be observant and be willing to invest and maybe fill a few potholes yourself. I would, I would say that. But what is there anything you want people to know, Sarah? Um, I'll definitely be linking your podcast and your website. All that will be in the show notes. But is there anything else that before we wrap this up,
1: You know, uh, just any of you who have teen girls in your life, I have a book coming out in the fall of 2021 that's um, meant for them to help them in their thought life. So it's a companion book to my original uh, Transforming Your Thought Life book. So if you know a teen girl who's going through a trial like, like we've talked about today, this resource could really help her out in a very biblical way.
0: Mm, thank you. Thank you. So I again I appreciate you taking time to talk about this and um you know again if you want to read more Sarah did write a full article for the magazine so you can enjoy that. We'll link it uh, in the show notes as well, but I just want to say thank you for sharing. You know not everybody is it's a, it's not easy to unpack sometimes those emotions and go through that story again. So I really appreciate you taking that time to walk us through that and share what you have learned And um, I pray that this will bless a lot of people for sure. So I thank you, Sarah, for coming. Thank you so much for for joining us
1: today. Thank you so much. I just, you know, I want to be the friend that's your companion to walk you through these kind of hard things in addition to you seeking the help that you need.
0: Yes, yes. Thank you again. Thank you for all your wisdom and just for um, squeezing us into your busy schedule.
1: Thank you, Sarah.
0: What a blessing this conversation was. I always enjoy my time with Sarah. She always leaves me feeling refreshed and encouraged. She has a heart for people and a desire to see them become their best in Christ. All of the things we discussed today in the show can be found in the show notes. And if you have not read her article on Children Divorce, please visit my website and order your copy of the Spring Edition. It was such a helpful resource and only one of the many found inside. I pray you all have a wonderful day and please remember just how much you are loved by our Heavenly Father. He delights in you and you can sit still in that knowledge.